0: And welcome to Outlaw Gamer Radio, the official podcast of OutlawGamers.com. This is the show where we live to play and play to live. I'm Brent Adams, joined by a man who can also be approached with either combat or stealth, but the one true way to slay him involves a box of chocolates and a Cameron Crow film,
1: Mr. Lord Bobgarden! What's up, Brent Adams? How you doing, buddy? Good. How are you? I want to know. I want to know. So your opening is not entirely untrue, but I'm just <laughs> curious. I'm not denying it, but I, I'm curious which Cameron Crowe film you had in mind when you wrote that. Fuck. I know. I've only like, I don't know if I've ever seen one of his movies. Oh, come on. You have to have seen a Cameron Crowe movie. I don't think
0: I've watched Jerry Maguire all the way through. I don't think I've watched. Uh, what was it? Say anything. I don't think I've watched that all the way. I don't think I've seen one of his films to completion.
1: Uh. <laughs> I mean I, get, I could be wrong. I get, I get very confused when people use the words to completion when they're not. Well, I mean to like sex, like but... I,
0: I've like on television. Okay, like I've seen like the show me <gasps> the money scene from Jerry Maguire,
1: right? Uh, I've uh, I've seen that you had me at the hello scene, but I've not watched the movie. Well, so what about what about okay, so if it was if I was going to pick the movie yeah. with the chocolates, that would do me in. Yeah, which would it be? Almost famous. Almost famous. Uh, that's the
0: one I was thinking of. What did I say? Say anything? I was thinking of Almost Famous. That's the one with the uh. uh, that's the one with uh, uh,
1: Goldie Hawn's daughter, right? Kate Hudson, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, and Who, by the way, Goldie Hawn is Kate Hudson's mother, just to be clear. Yeah, that's what, that's what I said. We don't refer to Kate Hudson in reference to Goldie Hawn. We refer to Goldie Hawn in reference to Kate Hudson because she's so ridiculously, ridiculously hot. Uh, okay, yeah. I mean, if you go for one <laughs> I guess, whatever. Uh, y- yes, yes, almost famous. But anyway. Uh, so almost famous uh, would be the one. Almost famous would be the one. We'll right. be closer, Tiny Dancer.
0: If uh, like I mean, if you want to like really romance me, like, you know, we're talking like the only thing that would really do it for me is probably Bram Stoker's Dracula. That's the greatest love story ever told. Uh, uh, there
1: you go. Um, all right, all right, man. Do you want? We, I saw you put out a new drive home breakdown. Do we you did. want to just do movies this week? We can, you want to just talk movies? We Forget can. games. We
0: totally can. I, I'm down for it, man. We had a we had a we had a righteous time on the drive home breakdown. We got to see, go see Ant Man, which we haven't made it to the theater in a couple months. But we went and saw Ant Man, which, uh, as you will find out if you watch the show, exceeded expectations. Oh, yeah. And then we also did a, a wrap-up on the Comic-Con 2015 trailers and news that came out. Of course, the, the Star Wars panel, the Batman v Superman panel, and, and the, the new trailer that came out for that. Uh, Suicide Squad, which uh, their trailer got released also. And then uh, Deadpool, which I don't think they've actually officially released the trailer yet, although there was a leaked version that came out. Uh, the the one that they screened at Comic-Con. Somebody got it on, on their cell phone, and, and it made it out into the wild. But anyway, we talk about all that and a lot more. It's a, it's a good time.
1: Yeah, right before you released those those uh, podcasts, somebody had just asked on our feed, like, when is Brent going to do another drive-home breakdown? Yeah, we've been wanting to, like... I mean, it's just, it's just
0: been, like, brutal. It's been brutal because Tony's work schedule has kind of... Uh, it's changed recently. And it's just made getting to the theater much, much more difficult than it was last year. And so we just... We haven't really been out there much. But uh, anyway, hopefully... Hopefully we're going to get to see some more stuff and uh we might even have we might even have a, an extra special guest star on on a, a future episode. We'll see.
1: Did you book Ernie Klein for your other podcast? God, I wish.
0: <laughs> that'd be so awesome. See that that's what I really want to do with the breakdown. Like I, I just I want the breakdown to be, you know, like co- comedians in cars getting coffee. I want it to be that, but I want it to be people
1: talking movies and stuff in the in the car so you, you want the actors to, like drive around with you in the car i think I think, maybe, I or think that, directors you know, or whatever yeah
0: and like and, and you know we'll just like go and we'll, you know we'll do donuts or we'll uh you know we'll just get into some kind of vehicular mischief we'll we'll go unauthorized onto the the runway of an airport and see if we can get it up
1: to top speed and that kind of stuff i like it did you do you watch lie to me by any chance on showtime no, I'm familiar with it, but I don't watch the show. This, Matt Damon has a cameo, and it's, it, it makes me it makes me sort of think of that kind of thing. And, and I could see him maybe in your car riding around with you doing some stupid shit. Listen, I mean, like if Matt wants to, you know, just, <laughs> just tell him to
0: call me. Matt, him. if you're listening. Just tell him to call me. Um, let's talk some games.
1: Oh, hey, that's an idea. Because
0: we've got some games to talk about, and ostensibly it is a gaming podcast. Although, I... Listen, if you guys want to go to DriveHomeBreakdown.com and listen to some really cool movie stuff, who could blame you? But back to the games. As referenced in the introduction to this show, we have news now that probably one of the most oft-complained-about aspects of Deus Ex Human Revolution... And off-putting. ...was or has been rectified in Deus Ex Mankind Divided, and that is the fact that the boss fights can now be approached with the same flexibility as the rest of the game. Meaning if you have a character that is tuned more for stealth, there is a stealth way to go about dealing with the boss fights in Deus Ex Mankind Divided. And this is a, a welcome this is a welcome change because it was one of those really it was one of those things in the first game that really kind of threw you for a loop, given the fact that the game's focus was so much on Put together your Adam Jensen the way that you want to with the skill set that you want until you get to the boss fight, in which case we hope you upgraded some combat shit. Otherwise, you're dead. So uh, it was uh, it was definitely good news. And it's not just that. You can do stealth, you can do combat, but you can also do conversations. And there's also lethal and non-lethal weapon, or excuse me, lethal and non-lethal options, as opposed to the boss fight having to end with the boss dead. There's now a non lethal aspect to that as well. And
1: I-, I couldn't be more excited. I agree with you, man. Uh, this is, uh, it was one of the most annoying things about the game to me. Uh, and, and they reference it in this article the idea that. Uh, you know you spend your whole time building out a stealth character, which is what I did yep. because I prefer to play that way and uh you get to the, the boss fights and you're you 're screwed because they they you you have to have combat and yeah. uh and I love the fact that not only did they fix this but that they they went a step further and added in a conversation tree i 'm really curious uh, about that and on top of that uh the the s- division between uh, whether you, you may or may not have you, you can kill them or not kill them. So they didn't yeah. just say okay, we're going to figure out, we know it was combat focused before, we're going to give you a stealth option. But they w- took another step and said okay, so if you, if you conversationally you could figure out other things to do. And I, I have to imagine that means something like environmental like if you ask the right questions, it might occur to you. You might find a combination to a, a, a building that's near the boss fight, and that you might be able to rig it such that something falls on. I, I don't even know, but yeah, it, um, it, it's a it's a really
0: interesting prospect.
1: Yeah, it absolutely is, and I, I, I'm I'm really excited for it because then you can really truly play the game how you want to play it. Yeah. I mean, this is so they you remember they farmed out the. The, the bosses and it shows uh, obviously that it does show and, and uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm happy that they learned the lesson from this and I think it will bring, uh, it will keep that, that ever important pacing aspect of the game yeah. that was, that was missing from the last game. So very excited. about
0: I, it. I am too. As much as I loved uh, human revolution and I did, I really, really enjoyed that game. I, I was talking about that uh, with, with my sister actually when we were visiting just a couple weeks ago and uh man it was just it was such a great experience and i really i'm very very excited about seeing the iteration on that game moving into mankind divided and, and to see the lessons learned being applied here i i i think it could be a really really great gaming experience um i tell you something else that i'm pretty excited about but for very different reasons is armello which is a combination tabletop board game, strategy game, card game that looks like well, as as IGN points out, it looks like a Donald Bluth film. It looks like something like uh like the 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 Secret of Nim uh, in in terms of it having these anthropomorphic animal characters. But it's doing a lot of really really interesting things in terms of gameplay. This is coming in September. To PlayStation Four and PC, but I believe it's also coming to iOS and possibly Android as well. I haven't seen mention of Android.
1: I hope that's the case. I know they mentioned
0: iOS. I couldn't remember if, yeah. if Android was in there or not. Um, this, uh, yeah, this will be out on uh, PlayStation Four, Windows, Mac, and Linux on September first. And then I'm not sure about the, uh, not sure about the, the iOS. Uh, it's currently available to PC players through Steam Early Access for $25 through July 31st. And we'll talk about this a bit, but really, you should go and watch the video that IGN has posted on this because they do a really great job of showing off how the game looks and feels and how the game systems operate, what sort of the premise is. And I I think you'll glean a lot from it. But essentially, this takes sort of a tabletop board game kind of game mechanic, which is there is a, a a fantasy kingdom and there is a king who is is has come down with some sort of condition they refer to as the rot. And he is close to death. And as he gets closer to death he becomes more corrupted. And the goal of the game is for you, your character, to travel around the game board and to prepare for the eventual uh, assault on the castle, and once you get to that like that final end game, then you have to either defeat the king or you can win by having the the greatest i think they call it the prestige score but you know there 's a couple of game mechanics that are at play there, so if you just take that, that could definitely be a tabletop board game, but layered on top of that are some strategy and rpg aspects from video games and then also this card game quality that they show off it looks really really cool the, the cards that you see are animated uh within the game it's a it's a cool concept i i dig board games as i've said on on the on the show before i love the idea of board games and video games merging
1: and our mellow is exactly that yeah, so Brent, I'm curious. Had you heard of this before no. seeing this? No, I had not. Yeah, neither had I. One of our listeners posted it, and I hadn't heard of it either. And I went and looked at it. And typically, I have to say that that if this was a year ago, I, I probably would have never even looked at this game beyond like the tagline. Or, or, or if I had, I would I would be staring at it, not understanding why somebody would be into this. Honestly, mm. I just I, I haven't been into any of the card games or. Um, uh, like Catan or any of those, is that saying that right? Catan, um, yeah, any, any of those card games or tabletop game simulators uh, that have come out so far that I've, you know, Magic the Gathering, any of those things. Um, until, and I know you know what I'm going to say, yeah. Uh, Gwent. Yeah. Uh, and Gwent is so good that I've I'm now, I'm now actually taken the time to really look at this game, and it looks like a fantastic uh, combination. Of, of, I feel like this sort of, do you remember, was it, was it, there's, so in Star Wars, there was the holographic tabletop games, Yes, but also in Star Trek, if I remember, right? Well, okay, Star Wars has got the, that that's the one that's got like the little like
0: 3D holograph, and I, and I used to know the name of the game that they're playing, I can't remember what it is yes. now, but uh, like that you see Chewbacca and R2 playing, you know, let the wiki win. Star Trek had three-dimensional chess. Chess, right. I couldn't remember if they
1: also had one with people, but um, yeah, I mean, they, they may have, I mean, I, I've not seen every star Trek thing that's ever. Right. Happened, right. So. so it gives, it gives that feel of like that game with that R2 and Chewie are playing sort of with that 3d tabletop feel combined with something of a Gwent. And, and I think that's, and then with RPG elements uh, and I think it looks really interesting. I, I had not heard of this game until I think it was today. Uh, and so, and, and now I'm looking forward to uh, checking this out when it comes out. Yeah, I I'm right there with you. I, I like, uh, I like everything that I'm seeing thus far. Uh, indeed. All right. So, Brent, our last story in the garage yes. this week is, I think, is very exciting. Um, You're not the only one I, who's very excited. I don't know how much further you got in the game, but the, the, the team over at City Project Red has revealed what their final piece of free DLC is going to be. Now, remember, there are still two expansions to come. Uh, paid expansions yeah. one in October and I'm not sure when the next one it's, is come. Like it's early
0: account. 2016 they're
1: saying uh, both of which each of which each of which are supposed to be larger than The Witcher 2 yeah uh, which is insanity so there's still those two paid well, expansions no, coming. Now, wait a but, second.
0: Are, are, are both the expansions larger than The Witcher 2, or do those expansions make The Witcher 3 larger than... How does how does it work?
1: So according to Eurogamer, yeah. it says two Witcher 3 expansions are planned, which, which should, should equal, equal The Witcher 2 and length. So, those so the two of them expansions together... expansions together... Right. Witcher 2. Which was not a short game. That's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> um, that is ridiculous. So t- Batman takes some... Just take note. Uh, so there's those paid expansions, Brent, but they but CD Projekt Red has put out uh, a, a not insignificant amount of free DLC, including some tweaking, a whole new move set, uh, that sort of thing. Um, their final uh, free DLC to Witcher Three. Ready for this? Very excited about this. Is New Game Plus? Yes. So a whole new Game Plus mode where, uh, you know, we don't have details yet, but of course, ostensibly, uh, you will be able to keep all of the gear you have gathered. I assume they will be significantly increasing the level cap. Um, and I just, I just think this is awesome, awesome uh, addition to this game. You know, I got a,
0: a message about this very thing, actually, from my friend Eric uh, before we started recording today and he was he was just telling me how incredibly impressed he had been with the game he's not done with the main story yet although he feels like he's closing in on it and he was saying that it's shaping up to probably be the best game that he's ever played and it was and and he was very very excited about this prospect of a new game plus mode it's something to to dive back in and and really enjoy the game. You know, may, maybe like that's where he goes and plays all the side quests is after he's done this new game plus mode through the main story or whatever the case might be. But I really, I, I tell you, I, like I needed to hear that and I needed something to kind of get me excited because I'm having the weirdest sort of like quasi-depression with The Witcher 3 and uh, depression is probably too strong a word, but I just seem to be having such a difficult time mustering the motivation to come down here and play it intellectually, I want to. I think, yes, I want to play The Witcher 3. I want to have this great experience that everybody keeps talking about. But when I actually have a few free minutes to come down and do it, I don't know, it, I, I feel like, oh, it's like I'm never going to get through this game. It's too long. I, I never you know, have more than 45 minutes of free time to, uh, to play it. And, I'll, just, and I'll, just, I'll start playing it, and just as it's getting good, I'll have to stop. And I end up talking myself out of it. And it's really bumming me out because I want to
1: play the game. You should want to play the game. I mean, think about—you know what you need to do to keep telling yourself, Brent, mm. uh, to play this game—is um, you need to keep telling yourself it's Red Dead Redemption because it is. And so, I mean, Red Dead Redemption can be just as could be just as daunting. Sure. Um, and but this game is just so wonderful in that, in. in in the mechanics and in the way that you could embark down a, a, a side mission that could take you six, seven hours and you could just play that and be happy for the next three weeks, you know, with your limited amount of time and not even be playing the main story. Or, uh, it I, I just, I don't know what to say to encourage you to play it. It's, it's worth the time investment, but, um, it, it is, it's, it's, uh, it's Red Dead Redemption And imagine somebody came to you now. The, the, the DLC for Red Dead Redemption was fantastic But imagine they had come to you and said Alright, now we're going to do New Game Plus For Red Dead Redemption
0: Okay, well I'm sold uh, Give me a box of chocolates Look, We'll go to Kate Hudson's house And we'll play The Witcher 3 Will that make you happy? Uh, if we're going to
1: Kate Hudson's house We are not playing The Witcher 3, my friend I'm playing The Witcher 3 I don't know what you're going to be doing uh, that's Actually, that's perfect You stay out in the <laughs> living room and play The Witcher 3 <laughs> That works out <that> well <laughs>
0: Okay, everybody, we are going to head into the clubhouse, pull up a chair, and let's discuss some of the uh, the very interesting things going on in gaming. But before we do that, let's review the poll results uh, from last week's discussion.
1: Lauren, would you like to share those? <laughs> I, like, I like how you prefaced the, 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 your, your lead into this section was, we're going to talk about some interesting things. But before we do that... Let's talk about about the stuff Lauren's going to talk about. about. Uh, Let's talk about the the stuff Lauren's going to talk about. All right, so uh, the poll from last week, Brent, we talked uh, about what's going on in Rust and how they're handling race and gender and permanently assigning it to players. And the question you posed was, what do you think of Rust permanently assigning race and gender to its players? You gave our listeners three choices, and this is how it shook out, Brent, coming in in third place. I think it's a thoughtful, artistic decision to inspire an important discussion. 9% of the people... Uh, took that answer coming in in second place, Brent, with 32% of the vote. They took out an, an, an expected feature and found a good way to cover their omission. Mm-hmm. And coming in in first place with 58% of the vote, overwhelmingly, our listeners said, they're doing something different, but I don't think it warrants much controversy. So it was, it's an it. interesting conversation, Brent. Uh, I'm excited to talk about our topic this week. Yeah, it's something that
0: it's something that we, we've kind of touched on here and there uh, in, in shows past, but... There's a there's a really interesting article on Polygon from Ben Kachera that sort of lays out the timeline and some of the high points in this this struggle between Xbox Live and PSN Plus.
1: Yeah, I think it's uh, I think this is a good opportunity Brent to talk about to revisit sort of where we're at uh, with these two services. Obviously, they both changed. Uh, with this uh, new console generation. And so uh, I think it's a good jumping-off point. And so the the title of Ben's article is Sony Never Competed with Xbox Live, and that's how it won. Um, It's an opinion piece in which uh, Mr. Kuchara uh, proffers the idea that um, Sony actually did something... It's kind of interesting, because I think the the title might be a bit of a misnomer, but he he proffers the idea that Sony uh, essentially... He talks a lot about how they gated online play by charging for it now. So if you remember, Brent, yeah. on the PlayStation 3, it did not cost you money to play games online. Right on. You could, You could, however, purchase PlayStation Plus, and you would get some added benefits. Uh, amongst those would be discounts on games and free PS Plus games. Uh, when we moved to the PlayStation 4, uh, PS Plus... Uh, was now required to play online games, thereby gating uh, online gameplay behind a paywall. Yep. Uh, however, uh, what Sony did was... Uh, what Sony did by introducing PS Plus and the PlayStation 3 generation, offering services or offering um, rewards for that money, so you are actually getting something for the money you were paying, uh, and then transitioning that to including online play, uh, Mr. Kuchera... Um, espouses is is sort of why they have beat uh xbox live now xbox live has always said you're paying for online play and all the services that come along with it um playstation 3 took that model and began uh, releasing and we're going to talk about rocket league um here in a little bit they they, they began releasing first run games uh through ps plus yeah. uh in addition Of course, they discount other games, and I was very pleased. I didn't actually know this until I read uh, this article. Um, I I, I forgot about this. I mean, we've talked about it, is the um, cross-platform buying. And I knew about cross-platform buying, but right now the only Sony device I own is a PS4. And so I thought, oh, this doesn't benefit me until I read that he got his his copy of the PS4 version of Journey for free. Because he owned it on PlayStation 3. And I thought to myself, I owned it on PlayStation 3. I know? haven't bought Journey yet. And I went and looked it up, and what do you know, I got it for free. Yeah. Uh, and, and so there is, there's definitely this sense, Brent, that I get, that I have gotten from PlayStation Plus, uh, even on the in the PS3 days, uh, where I was actually getting something for my money. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's an interesting idea. You know, I think that, however, the, the flip side was in the, on the PlayStation 3, or excuse me, on the Xbox 360, Uh, Microsoft did a significantly better job with uh, the party system, uh, voice chat, uh, you know, and so that was a big problem. This is remedied now on the PlayStation 4, and so I do feel like PS Plus has more value than Xbox Live Gold. But I'm curious. I know Tony has an Xbox One brand. I don't know how much time you spent with it. Uh, You know, honestly, just a few hours. Uh, So I'm so I'm curious. And that was at launch. Right, so so I, I'm curious to know what your perception is. If you agree with Ben's uh, viewpoint, I'm curious to know for our listeners that either have both or from the ones who have an Xbox One, I don't have one either. Yeah, um, you know what? What do you think? Is PS One winning? PS One is PS Four. I combined the two two consoles. You, you did, yes. Uh, is PS Four? Winning in terms of the services provided for their live fifty dollar a year service, you know, it, it's hard to say. That, I mean, PS Four certainly winning
0: in terms of uh, consoles sold, Of course. Uh, and and Microsoft is is obviously getting pretty aggressive in trying to change that. But in terms of the service, it's uh, it, it's an it's an interesting way to to look at it because what's interesting in that what really defined the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 era in terms of the online services was the fact that you had to pay for Xbox Live Gold to play online but that the quality of the Xbox Live experience on the 360 was so much better than what you got on the PlayStation that nobody balked at at spending the money and and Sony would tout, hey, uh, you know, we don't charge. We don't charge you to play online uh or, or to chat with your friends or anything like that. And it, it was a great marketing point. But, right, but I, most people were like, I don't care because it it's yeah, so much better. It didn't really pan out because every developer was sort of left to their own devices to implement their their voice chat and, and how that was going to work within their games. And so the quality of the experience was wildly different from game to game as opposed to having that unified uh, experience that you that you did on uh, on the 360. However, fast forward to today, and to you know to hear Ben Kuchera talk about it, ultimately the online play barely matters. It it, it barely even registers. And I think that the 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 point that he makes that is really really spot on is the way that PlayStation did this, like the way that they, they kind of got the upper hand, is the free games. By giving you free games every month that come with your PSN subscription, Kachair's is the one that, that, that likens this to basically loot crate right, for exactly digital right. games. Yep. You pay a little bit each year and you get free games every month. And it's just, it's a
1: brilliant idea. It, Which it's, is like $4 a month and you get like, it's exactly right, yeah. you get like a loot crate of I thought that was a great description. It was. Because it is. Every month you're like, ooh, what are the upcoming... And sometimes they're great, and sometimes they're not. Yeah. But it's a fantastic analogy. But now the one
0: important difference is that these tie you into the ecosystem, because you have to keep paying that amount every year in order to retain access to the games. If you leave PlayStation Plus, you lose access to those PlayStation Plus games that you already have acquired. And that is an incredible incentive to keep you locked into the uh, to the Sony ecosystem. And yet, it doesn't seem like anybody really has a problem doing that. And I think that that's the important I think that's the really important thing is that Sony had engendered so much goodwill and so much excitement about all the free games and everything that you got as a PSN Plus member that when they said, "Okay, well now if you want to play online, you're going to have to you're going to have to pay for PSN plus. And rather than looking at it as a negative, people's attitude was almost like, what you mean? I'm going to get to play online. In addition to getting my free games with PSN plus, no problem. You know? And, and that's the thing It's just that they had people, they had people excited about the service. And when they, and when they created the gate around online play, didn't even matter. It wasn't the most important thing about PSN plus. The most important thing about PSN plus was the games. And it was a brilliant move, and you saw how quickly Microsoft tried to
1: to follow in that wake
0: and certain games for
1: gold, games sure. for gold, and, and all that. I mean, well, and Sony is now subsidizing. I mean, they're subsidizing. Obviously, I mean, it's not that they didn't do this before, but they're subsidizing. Uh, the, you know, there's an interesting article where Rocket League, uh, the folks over at at Psyonix at Rocket League, talk about how, uh, they kind of waffled back and forth, and they were going to do the the PS Plus, and then they kind of started getting the sense that 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 they might be able to make good money on their game and so they weren't going to do it and Sony said no we really want you to do it well, basically and they don't say this outright but what do we got to pay you Yeah, to make it a PS Plus game and they work something out and so Sony's really going after uh, uh, again like first like Resogun is a, a fantastic game that, that yes. was yeah, free yeah. at launch right I mean it's not they're not just putting old titles on there anymore it was the they're game actually, at launch they're actively seek yes it was and they're actively seeking out new titles yeah. uh, to, to release for free when they are new, and I, I mean, I put 10 hours, we'll talk about it, I put 10 hours into Rocket League already, and all of it pure joy, and it was free, mm-hmm. which is insane to me. And then there's a game like Sticks, which is a game I never really wanted to pay for, but I'm kind of interested in playing, and now I have that as well. But So, do you think, Brent, though, that Sony, I, I, do you think Sony, this was a plan of Sony's all along? Or do you think that they started the PS Plus service to try and monetize their player base, um, at a time when they were already giving away the online uh, content, online content meaning the ability to play online uh, for free, right? Mm-hmm. And then they realized, okay, so now when we transition, we could paywall the the. Um, we've already engendered our, our player base, right? So, so when they first launched the PlayStation Three, uh, they, they all they had was the free online service. And there were no free games. And and they realized at that point, and they let it be that way for a little while, and then they realized at some point, okay, we have this enormous player base, and look how much money Microsoft is making at fifty bucks a pop. Maybe we can monetize that as well, but we don't. We can't now take away their ability to play online because they've already been getting it for free. So what can we do? So maybe we offer them some old games and discounts on other games, and then once they did that and saw it was successful, then transitioned. Uh, and the PlayStation 4? Or do you think when they launched PS Plus from the beginning, several years, I don't know how many years it's been at this point, four years or something, that they were always planning at the next generation to wall off the the content? We're trying to figure out how Like, like I almost feel like they sideways into their good luck. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't...
0: I tend, to, in general, I tend to not believe that things that are successful are done because of some... Uh, incredibly brilliant master plan from the very beginning. I, I think that most things are successful, go through trial and error. And I think that the early iterations of PSN plus show a service that is going through trial and error. And I think that the, the and you know, they, they talk about, I can't remember the, uh, the executive's names, Jack Buser, uh who, who talked about this and, and basically Having that moment in, you know, in the, in the executive boardroom saying, here's what we figured out that we're going to do. Gamers want games and you know, we're going to give them games. And everybody kind of laughed because it seems so obvious. And, but that was the key to anybody giving a shit about Sony's online platform. Getting into that, I think that they realized that they, they were onto something. And then from there, it's just been, it's been growth. And, and really, it's not just free games. It's, it's easy enough to give away free games. It seems to me what Sony is doing successfully with free games on PSN Plus right now, and, and this goes back to Rocket League a little bit, is content curation. It seems to me that Sony is using the free games on PSN Plus to promote titles on their platform that sort of show off some aspect of games on PSN, or or excuse me, uh, on games on PlayStation 4 that cast their platform in a good light, that that, that show off the inventiveness of their developers, the diversity of their content ecosystem. And it it seems to me that that has also
1: become a very important part of the PSN Plus story. I agree. That's a brilliant observation, Brent, and that's that's something that that Sony is trying to brand themselves as brand themselves as and that is being supportive of independent game development. Yeah. Um, and, and, and all kinds of games. Yes. And I, and I think that's an excellent, excellent point where it feels like to me. And again, I'm not uh, I don't have an Xbox one and I'm actually looking uh, for our listeners who do have Xbox ones to comment on the story, please. It feels like to me that um, Microsoft, when they were playing catch up, was sort of just trying, was giving away older games. Now, I don't know if that's true, if they have first-party titles or or new, you know, first-run titles that they're releasing now. Um, But I do think it's something that Sony has done very, very well at. And I'm curious to hear, as I said, from the listeners who have Xbox One and those who have both, to hear what they think of the online service at this point.
0: Yeah, I I would really love to know sort of where where those two things are in terms of an A-B comparison but uh it's it's just remarkable the, the, the whole story with the PlayStation 4 and the success that Sony is now enjoying with that platform is really remarkable uh to 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 look at the the, the chain of events to look at the timeline and to see that you know the great success that Microsoft had, had early on in the 360 and then of course you know the entire generation that that, that entire run PlayStation was steadily gaining ground and then steadily making it up and and then, of course, the, the momentum that they had coming into that E3 conference in uh, in 2013, it, it's really remarkable to to see how they have uh, how they've gotten out out ahead again. And I think that you know the thing that the thing that, that's that's really interesting is that Microsoft went through with the Xbox One basically the exact same cycle Sony had done with the PlayStation Three. They had been top dog, and uh, you know they they were really really, really uh riding high on the success of the three sixty and then it was almost like it just got the better of them. And they 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 started, you know, trying to integrate all these other services and got like really ambitious about the, the broader Microsoft ecosystem and, and kinda it seemed like they lost sight of the uh the forest for the trees. But it'll be very interesting to see if Microsoft stays as hungry as they appear to be right now and how that plays out as this Console
1: generation continues to march forward. You mean after saying, after talking about, what it's interesting to see whether or not Microsoft stays hungry. You're not going to insert a Gabe Newell joke here. <laughs> no, that was
0: Tony's job.
1: <laughs> you're like any time somebody
0: says anything about hungry or Steam, you just start screaming cheeseburger.
1: <laughs> uh, all right, Brent, well, let's wrap this up. Again, we we want to hear what you guys think about this subject as we head out on onto the road and talk about. One of the very games we've been discussing in this topic. All right, we are out here on the road, and before we jump into some Rocket League, which we're going to jump into... Fuck yeah. Let's talk about some Fallout Shelter.
0: Well, I don't have uh, a lot to, to dish on in Fallout Shelter. Well, I, I do. I have all but I have all but abandoned my original Fallout Shelter in creation of my new OCD focused Fallout Shelter. <laughs> I, I with the with the with the words with the letters in order. Yes, that, that's correct. So I have completed the word special on the left side of my elevator <laughs> shaft.
1: And You're going to screw
0: up this game for me. I Brent. have S and then i a l on the other side, so i just I just need pEC to finish off my second row, although the thing about it is i 'm already i 'm already thinking that i 'm going to have to build a second one of these somewhere in my uh, deeper down in my shelter because i although i 've got you know basically I can have like a maximum of twelve dwellers developing any one statistic at one time and i've already maxed out uh on a couple of those so what 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 i'm doing is the way that i did my old shelter is i would just like basically send my dwellers through every single room so i like i thought what i was going to end up with is dwellers who had like rank 10 stats in everything and then i would just basically have like robots i would have like perfect android workers That I could just pull out of any room and put into another room like cogs in a machine, and they would work just as efficiently in a power plant as they would in water purification center. And uh, like I said, this is the fascism that that fallout shelter brings out of the player. It just it just encourages you to do terrible, terrible things with uh, with society or with the society that you're in charge of anyway. So this time around, I've accepted the fact that certain dwellers are good for strength stats and certain dwellers are good for charisma stats and certain dwellers are good for the perception stats, which I could not remember last week. And so now I've just settled on training up the one stat that they're really good at to maximum and then in addition to that, I train up their luck stats, which the higher the luck stat, the greater the chance that when you collect, you know, like, you know, like the rooms will develop, you know, like power or they'll develop food and then you collect them, uh, once they've, once they've, uh, once they've completed that task and the luck stat means that you will have a chance of collecting some, some currency when you collect your food or your power or whatever. So I train up their stat, I train up the luck and then I also train up their charisma, because if I decide that I want them to breed, a higher charisma means that uh, they get it on faster, and it just makes the whole process go that much smoother. So yes, it's still a little bit of social engineering, a little bit of, of heinous social engineering going on, but not quite as much, you know, a little bit more laissez-faire, a little bit more laissez-faire in in, in this iteration than in my previous vault. So anyway... I actually, I kind of liken my Fallout Shelter experience to like uh, experiments with democracy and, and communism, things like that in Eastern Europe. Like, like, honestly, like it feels like I could, if I were still in college, I could write a thesis on this and, and tie it to, you know, some of the, the interesting social and political things happening in that part of the world in the 20th century. But it's just a
1: fun iPad game at the same time. Or Brent Adams, benevolent dictator. Mm-hmm. Uh, so okay. I have some good news about Fallout Shelter. Please share. They announced the Android version. Yes! What's the release right. date? August 13th. Awesome! Just a couple of weeks away with some uh, with some additions, I guess. I haven't read about what the additions are, uh, but there oh. are additions, so it will be out on August 13th, although now I don't know if I really care, because I'm pretty sure you've ruined the game for <laughs> me. <laughs> Because now I feel like if I, if I don't have my special in order...
0: Listen, that's the thing. I mean, Fallout Shelter is a blank canvas, my friend. You can do whatever you want with it. You know what I wish I'd done differently? Like, I'm almost no. ready to start a new base oh, because I wish I'd put my second elevator shaft in a different location so it could be like, like more symmetrical
1: in the, this is my disease... Oh, my God! It is a disease, However, I am excited for it brent it 's coming out in just a couple of weeks i 'm very, very excited for it. However, yes, what I really want to know is when the hell are they going to bring rocket League to my mobile platform god i can't i can 't tell you, but I also can 't wait because so you played rocket league I
0: played rocket league i uh, I went through this I went through this huge pain in my ass this afternoon trying to play this game i uh I, I, I got up while uh, I was laying down and uh and Z was still in bed and so I uh I got up early hoping that I would get some playtime in before she woke up. And I get up and I go in, I turn on the PlayStation, and oh it's got a system update.
1: like, you rat motherfucker. Uh, oh yeah, it's that's right, wait, wait, it's free. It's almost you gotta get it before whatever Friday. Well, I'd already purchased it. That's the thing like I'd already oh, okay. purchased it on the okay. PSN okay. store. Good, man.
0: Um but uh I couldn't install it because I had to do a system update on PlayStation. Right, 4. of course. Yep, and yep. I gotta go in and figure out like how to you know turn that stupid thing on so it'll do it automatically in the background. But uh anyhow, so I had to sit there and wait for it to do the system update. And then I go in and I start downloading the game and it's taking for fucking ever. And I'm trying to figure out why it's going so slow. And I go in and I discover that it's downloading the game and the update file for Rocket League at the right. same time. And so I pause right. the update file and then the game download takes off and you know, it takes like twenty minutes or something to download. And then I get that and I start playing that while the update patch downloads. And the the point is that this process took thirty or forty precious minutes of time while Z was still laying down that I wish I'd been playing. But I finally got into it. And my God, it is beautiful. I mean, it is just
1: full of win. That game is So how much time have you put into it I, so far? At least two hours, I guess. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. It, it it is, man. I play I probably put ten hours into this game so far. Uh, and I absolutely freaking I, I, I love it. It's I, I played with Aberjam uh, yesterday. I don't we so I want I really wanna get like OGS players playing. I need I need people to play with East Coast. U S East coast evening time on the PS4. You can play cross platform uh, with PC players. Although I don't really understand the point of that because right now you can't search for your friends. So the fact that you can play PC players, I don't, I don't see the value in that, but, um, uh, but the, so I never, I never played supersonic acrobatic rocket powered battle cars, (laughs) which was the, uh, the predecessor to this game from 2008, uh, that was released on PlayStation. Uh, but, uh, Man, this is like, I, I was trying to describe this to, to, I was talking to my buddy, and I'm telling him about you know Witcher 3, and I'm describing it's like Red Dead Redemption, and and it's like that quality, and it's an amazing game, and then I was like, but let's talk Rocket League for a minute, and he's like, yeah, so tell me about it. I was like, imagine multiplayer competitive Super Meat Boy, <laughs> uh, and I say that in the context of, like, I think this game is so well-balanced. And it's got this perfect combination of, like, perfect balance and fast gameplay. And, uh, like, you know, each match is only five minutes long. Yeah. And it's you're like, just one more, just one more, just one more. And yeah. the next thing you know, it's, like, three hours later. And uh, easy to play, very difficult to master. Yep. Um, there's people already, you know, competitive tournaments going on. I'm watching videos. I'm doing research. I'm looking up tips and tricks. Uh, it's, it's 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 I'm having so much damn fun with this game, man. It's it's a riot, man. It's
0: really good. And the, the thing that it's kind of called to mind for me is uh, a conversation I was having with Daniel and Tony. They, they came over to the house over the weekend. We were hanging out. And we were just talking about that whole phenomenon in games of where we sit right now in game culture is games of every variety of every genre are valid. Now where that really wasn't the case for, for a while there during the big push into 3d latter half of the 20th century, early bit of the, uh, the 21st century, there's a period there of 10, 10, or more years where the focus was on, you know, move to 3d, get into 3d and everybody just You know, dumped 2D by the wayside, and along with it went a lot of kind of styles of gaming. And the thing that Rocket League calls to mind for me is uh, like an NES game. Like it it feels like there could have been a game on the NES that was about playing football with cars. Right. By the
1: way, in case we didn't
0: tell you, that's what it is. There, there may very well (laughs) have been a game on the NES that was about playing football with cars. uh, For for all I know, but. That is, that's what this game is. It's, just, it's a simple concept taken into the, the 21st century era of gaming where you can do a game like this in the Unreal Engine and have it play really, really smoothly and look really, really good and, and, and incorporate all these terrific online features. And it, that's, that's the thing that I think I love about it. Is I love how just sort of pure an idea it is as a game. It is just, it's just very simple as you said it's 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 easy to play difficult to master that to me is kind of classic game paradigm and uh i'm just i i'm i'm overjoyed with it man i mean it is so insanely fun to play and just uh out and out addictive like uh, the, the, the desire to be better and and to you know to kind of like really master the mechanics of the car and you know you know how how to approach the ball strategies for uh, you know, strategies for near-goal play as opposed to far-goal play and just, like, all that stuff. I mean, it makes me actually give a shit about football. And, and I don't give a fuck about football.
1: I, I couldn't agree more, man. The, 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 I, I would never... Just for those of you that are listening to this and thinking... So it's, it's soccer with, with cars, yeah. right? Like, two, two things that couldn't interest me any less, really, honestly. Um, and, and when I saw this game, the only reason I picked up the controller and actually downloaded this was because so many people on... Our website. We're talking about it, and if you're listening to this and thinking I would never be interested in this or whatever, I still encourage you. You got a few more days to get it for free on the PS4. It's twenty bucks on uh, if you're on PS Plus. It's twenty bucks on uh, PC. Um, I, I never, I never thought this would be a game I would at all enjoy, and uh, I am now totally obsessed with this game, and I, I can't wait to. I'll, I like i, I can not It's, it's sitting on my TV right now in the menu screen, and as soon as you and I are done recording. I will be back playing the game. Well, then let's finish the hell up, and I'll join you. All right. Cool. Thank you very much, Brent. You finish it up? Cool. <laughs>
0: let's go ahead and go into the sunset. Before before Lauren leaves and just tosses us the keys and says, hey, here, lock <laughs> up right. the podcast when you're done. Yes. Let's go
1: ahead and go into the sunset. Lauren, what's your, uh, what's your end of the sunset this week? Uh, my end of the sunset this week, Brent, is a YouTube video from user JackSepticEye. Uh, it is uh, a video of a game that one of our listeners posted about. It's not a game I've played, but it looks really interesting, and the the game looks very interesting. And I'm encouraging people to check it out. And the video is actually really funny too. But the game is called uh, Tembo the Badass Elephant. Which, if the title isn't I mean alone if that, enough if you're not to get you to already, load, what are you going to do? That's right. It's a 2D side-scrolling platformer with the le- you play an elephant, Tembo. No, really. Uh, go figure. And, uh, I just thought, I thought this game, uh, looks, looked really cute, Brent. I, again, I haven't checked it out yet because I've been so obsessed with Rocket League. Uh, but it, I thought was deserving of at least a little notification. I know at least one of our listeners is playing it. So check out the video. There is some, uh, adult language in it, but the dude is hysterical. He's got like a million views and the game looks awesome. So prepare to awesome Tembo the Badass Elephant. Thank you for the
0: recommendation. Yes, I'm also going to point everybody to a a bit of a gameplay trailer for a title coming very soon, actually, to PlayStation 4, PC, and Xbox One called Submerged. And ah, there's yes. a there's a cool write up on this on Engadget, which is uh, what we were linking to. And then they also have a, a YouTube video of the game in action. And I, I guess the the thing that I would uh, I would open with, and I, this is kind of what caught my eye and, and made me think it might catch your eye, Lauren. the the opening uh, The opening sentence of the article is: "In case you've already finished Journey and are looking for another gorgeous game that eschews violence, Submerged hits the PlayStation Four and Xbox One in early August." and just the uh, the the idea that you know there could be a game similar perhaps in uh, in flavor to journey was definitely something i was interested in submerged appears to take place in a a post apocalyptic uh kind of world where we see the remnants of the human civilization we know now uh buried submerged as the title infers <laughs> but yes. uh, but buried beneath uh, hundreds and hundreds of feet of water and the the main character appears to be a young woman and we see that the game is really about traversal and exploration doesn't really appear to be any combat uh, as as we've seen in other games and there are certainly bits and pieces of this game that will remind you of the last of us or enslaved odyssey to the west in that it is got that flavor of nature sort of reclaiming civilization for mankind. It looks like it could be very interesting. Uh, The the tone has certainly got my attention. So I'm anxious to see a little bit more about this once the game comes out and and people actually get the opportunity to uh, to play it a little bit. I'm curious if it is as satisfying to play
1: as it appears to be. I am too, Brent. And looking at the images here, I do remember us talking about this game uh, a while back as well. And I'm very... Uh, interested in this as well and it's coming soon in early August. Yes. Yeah, just uh just a little over a week. So That's awesome. Anyway, that's it for
0: me into the sunset this week and I believe that we really are going into the
1: sunset now so <laughs> That is a show and with that we will ask you guys as always to comment on everything we talked about today, whether it's Submerged, Tembo the Badass Elephant, Rocket League, start playing Rocket League if you're not, Fallout Shelter, uh, what we talked about when we were hanging out in the clubhouse, whether or not uh, Sony's online offerings for PlayStation Plus uh, are better for or worse than Xbox One's Xbox Live service. And then what we talked about up in the garage, The Witcher 3 getting a new Game Plus mode, Armello coming in September, and Deus Ex Mankind Dividends boss fights <laughs> uh, change, So That's a mouthful Changing uh, to allow you To actually stealth or converse your way Through the boss fights And not just have to battle We want to know what you guys think on all those topics And anything else related to gaming As usual We want to hear all of your thoughts He is Brent Adams, I am Lorne Baumgart And remember, you don't stop playing because you get old You get old because you stop playing